<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free, which is great. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer all in one. And it is the platform that I use to host and upload my podcast. They will distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your podcast through Anchor with no minimum listenership, which is lit. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So... Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, Anchor. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Acting My Age with me, Rohini Elise. Happy Wednesday. Hope you all are doing well. I'm so, so happy you are tuning in to today's episode. get right into it. Today's episode is about the hashtag influencer life, um, a term I will never use unless held at gunpoint. <laughs> Just kidding, but I seriously hate that word and it's, but it's, I hate the word, but it's basically the fastest way to sum up what I do for a job and I get paid to convince other people to buy things. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It's hard to sum up. I'm like a content creator, I don't know. It's just, it's the fastest way to sum it up. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how I got into this strange line of work and the long journey it has been talking about like all the details when I could actually start living off of this um, and just some general pros and cons of the career. So yeah, that's this episode. I think you guys might find it pretty helpful. Um, I always get messages saying like, how do I grow my Instagram career? How do I grow my YouTube channel? Like all those things. So I'm just gonna talk about everything that I did and spill some tea on the influencer life. Yeah, so buckle in for the episode. Okay, so let's get into how I got into it. How did I get into the influencer world? Well, um, I was always into makeup ever since I was a baby. I would steal my mom's lipstick and run around naked wearing only her high heels and lipstick smeared all over my face. There's like tons of cute little baby pictures of me with dark red lipstick just like smooshed all over my face. Um, in elementary school, every year I would ask for this huge like play makeup set from Target and I would use it all up and then I'd ask for it again for like the next holiday or whatever. In middle school, I wasn't allowed to wear makeup so I snuck it in my backpack and put it on in the school bathroom. Got in trouble so many times for that. My mom now is like, I really regret getting you in trouble. Like if I'd only known it would have become your career, like playing with makeup. It's just a long running theme in my life. 
Makeup has always been something I've been interested in. My junior year of high school, I went to this vocational school that had a fashion program, and because of that class, I started a blog and posted on it weekly. It was called The Diligent Dresser pretty swag. It's a pretty swag name if you ask me. (laughs) Every Wednesday I posted a hot fire new outfit. I barely had any views. Um, Probably like my mom and a few of her friends. (laughs) I probably had a thousand Instagram followers. They were just locals, Woodby Island locals and some random people I met at camp. You know how it goes, follow for follow. But yeah, I didn't really have any Instagram followers and the ones I did have definitely didn't love my blog. They weren't super fans of the diligent dresser. But I did use my blog in my fashion class to get into FIT and then I moved to New York and that's when shiz really started happening. I didn't necessarily want to be like a a blogger. Um, I don't think the term influencer was really like a thing yet back then. I didn't necessarily want to be a blogger as my career. I just knew I wanted to go to fashion school and I moved to New York thinking I wanted to work at like a magazine or be a buyer, work at a PR firm. I didn't go there being like, I'm going to be an influencer. Like I'm going to be a blogger. No, I not at all. Some of you might be familiar with this story. I just had heard about Glossier. I kind of was always like, I watched a lot of YouTube, a lot of YouTube. I always would read people's blog posts and like keep up with a lot of different Instagrammers that I liked and so I heard about Glossier and it was like a very new thing then. A lot of people hadn't heard of it still and I wanted to go to their showroom in New York so my roommate and bestie Grace and I went to the showroom and took a bunch of pictures. We wore super cute outfits. (laughs) Looking back I was like holy shit. We were both wearing like this faux fur. Mine was like a Dalmatian looking thing with a huge blue hat. Wow, what a time to be alive. Um, yeah, we went to the showroom and I just took so many photos at the showroom and I posted all of them. I'm trying to think how many Instagram followers I had then. Like, it could not have been very many. Like, 2,000 maybe, 2,000 or 3,000, maybe even less. This was at the beginning of the Glossier rep program. I had never really heard about it before. I think there was only maybe like 15 or 20 reps before me. I'm not sure exactly. I know I wasn't in the very first wave, but I was like shortly after that. So I went to the showroom, posted a shit ton of pics on Instagram, tagged Glossier, did like hashtag Glossier. And then a couple days later, I got an email from someone at Glossier saying like, hey, like we're starting a rep program. Do you want to be involved? We'd love to have you. And I was shook because I was so excited. I loved Glossier. They were so cool and hip. And yeah, that was my first intro into this whole world. Well, actually, that's not true. Okay, I should back up. (laughs) When I was still in high school, I would take all these flat lays. Uh, I would buy like what's freaking called oh my god this has happened to me before this literally this exact word I couldn't remember what it was called poster board thank god okay I would buy poster board set it down on the ground get the perfect sunlight I'd wait for it to hit this one spot in my backyard I take out my makeup take out the poster board set it up with some flowers and I take like super sick flat lights on a white poster board um yeah so I would do that all the time and again I didn't have any followers but this like knockoff artiste brush company sent me all their brushes and that was my very first like free gifting thing don't really know why they did it but they were like plastic and definitely pretty cheap but I was super hyped to get some free product so that was my very first free thing it was still in high school but kind of random but then yeah Glossier was my second intro into that world I made my first YouTube video in high school I did my like prom get ready with me uh it was terrible holy shit I deleted it because it's terrible so I filmed it so far away so you can't even see like what I'm doing for my makeup it was blurry it was just so bad. <laughs> and my makeup was, oh my god. Uh, I used to do such heavy makeup, like freaking 
stamp on brows looked like like it was it was it was not good not good it's okay it's okay we all grow we all grow we all transform our makeup looks you can't just start off boom with a glowy glossy face you gotta start you gotta start with the cakey maybelline chalky bold chunky eyebrows whatever (laughs) i had started my youtube channel in high school and then when i moved to new york i did like a moving to new york vlog and I did a, a bunch of FIT videos because I had watched a lot of them and I really liked doing them. So I just started kind of getting into YouTube when I moved to New York just for fun, just as, you know, something to do creatively. And I loved watching YouTube videos, so I thought I should make some. Since I became a Glossier rep, I was like, hey, I should do some videos reviewing these products. And so that's what I did. And they were just like, they didn't really have very many products at first when I joined, I guess. So they were unveiling all these new products that were super exciting, like Priming Moisturizer Rich came out and it was so exciting. And so I would review them and like, I would just title it Glossier, Balm.com, Cherry Review or whatever. I would talk about it, super cut and dry video. Like if you go back to look at my old videos, they're like so cut and dry. Like I do a little intro like it was just it's just funny to look at you know it's funny to look at your old videos and then see where you are now I would have my I'd always say like my discount code is in the description box blah 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 if you want at the time I think it was 20% off your order now it's just 10 so I just would have my link in there and people would look up Glossier and there wasn't that many discount codes available yet like it wasn't like it is now at the time there wasn't that many so I would like write discount code sometimes in the title and so if someone was looking for a discount code, they would Google Glossier discount code and then my videos would show up. So I started to get some sales through that. I started to gain some subscribers, started getting some followers. And I will say actually one thing that really boosted my whole social media in general was the Glossier community because all of the Glossier reps at the time were like super close and they like we would all follow each other. So some of my like best Instagram friends this day are through Glossier, which is actually really freaking cool. It didn't last like that for too long, I will say. Glossier had a Slack channel where all the reps would talk and at the beginning it was like super cool and everyone was chatting and it was just really natural and like everyone was making friends. But then as more and more people got added, it just became like a, like my new posts, like follow for follow. It just, I don't know, lost its magic, I guess you could say. At the beginning though, I made a lot of really cool friends, which, you know, boosted my engagement, boosted my follower count. And then I had like more people to look at as inspiration. Like other people that Glossier thought were really cool, I could like take inspiration from them. So that was a huge help no doubt about it. I don't know. My, my followers count, I guess just started to grow. It definitely takes a long time guys. Like this was my freshman year of college. That was four years ago. Now it's taken four years for me to get to, I'm almost at hundred K on YouTube. I'm close, but like four years. So I feel like I'll, I'll talk about this part later, but so many people ask me so many things about like how to become an influencer or Instagram or whatever, but like, it's just, it's, it doesn't happen overnight for most people. Some people, yeah, of course, there are those like flukes, Emma Chamberlain's and like Addison Rae's or whatever who just blow up and it's like just some gift from the Instagram Instagram or TikTok gods, YouTube gods, like just sprinkled some magic dust on them and they blow the fuck up. But like most people, it's it takes years and years and years and years and a lot of dedication. So I just think that people should not be, uh, should not have unrealistic expectations about it's gonna go because you really have to want it and you really have to love it for it to work usually because it takes it takes years it often can take years so that's just 
my two cents, but I'll talk about that more later. I don't really know. I can't think of like where my numbers were at every year. I just know they were growing and growing. My last year in New York, uh, they definitely grew like the most, I would say, because I started making money with Glossier, like I talked about in my financial uh, episode. And so I started buying things and that kind of like, I don't know, that kind of boosted my content for like a new audience. So all of a sudden I was like this cute, bougie New York gal, whatever. But I actually will say my profile has grown way faster since moving back to Washington. I remember when I first moved back, I was like, whoa, I was growing so fast on Instagram. So, so fast. And I don't know if it's partly just because like I use the location tags, you know, so I tag like Seattle, Washington, Ballard, Washington, and it just was being recommended. My page is being recommended to new people in Seattle or in Washington. And so I was gaining so many followers when I first moved back. I was so hyped. <laughs> um, and that's like slowed down now. I still am growing like steadily since I moved back, which is which is great. Just ups and downs. It's not like there's no there's no secret sauce. My only like secret sauce, if I had any advice for anyone, I feel like everyone has to have that one thing that they kind of focus on with their content, whether that be like it doesn't have to be a necessarily a style of content or like a certain product you focus on although that could be good like I think her name's like delicate delicate seed or something I forgot her name but she I remember because she would dm me a lot and she's really sweet and she would do this really specific cool style of product photography and she started getting sent stuff from like literally every beauty brand probably around like 1,500 followers and brands just started sending her so much stuff because they loved how her product photos looked you don't necessarily have to have a shit ton of followers to get paid you just have to have like a unique a unique something like whatever that may be and I honestly don't really know what what my unique something is I think at this point it's my personality <laughs> sounds kind of fucking narcissistic to say that but I don't think it's my photos my pretty photos or my style or whatever just you know I follow so many beautiful stylish people that are cool as fuck on Instagram like there's so many you know so you just have to find something that makes you a little bit unique like stand out I think what has helped me the most like on Instagram is the connection that I have with my subscribers from YouTube that follow me on Instagram like you guys are so nice and supportive and you always comment and like and like hype me up and that helps my engagement so much and brands like actually can see that you guys are into my content and care about like what I'm posting and that's not always like that you know like just because someone has a really cool beautiful feed doesn't necessarily mean their followers are going to be like interested in what they're actually doing you know like it's one thing to be interested in how the photo looks and it's another thing to be interested in what that person is actually doing as a person so I feel like that is one of my strong suits with my content is I mean, you guys feel a personal connection with me, which is fucking good because I hope so. I've told you everything. I told you about things like, like really personal, <laughs> sexy, sexual, embarrassing. I've told you everything. So I would hope that you guys feel connected to me. That's the whole point. But anyway, not every influencer is like that. Like some people just kind of put themselves up uh, on a pedestal of like unattainable I'm not gonna say perfection, but it's like out of your, out of your grasps, you know, it's not like a personal connection. You're like, oh, I really relate with this person. It's like, no, I really want this person's life. Like this person is fucking hot and pretty and I want their life, but that's like not what I'm trying to do, you know? Anyway, that's a tangent. <sighs> Circling back. My advice is find something, like one thing that you want to lean into with your content. It doesn't have to mean like you don't try new things or try a different styles of photography or try like mixing in beauty and fashion and lifestyle, but like at least pick one thing that you can really 
excel at, you know, because there are so many people who want to be influencers and there's so many people that want to be Instagram famous and there's so many people that want to do this as a job. I get literally so many DMs about it all the time. So it's not, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. I really don't think it is anymore. I think it's super saturated. I think everyone wants to do it. So you got to find something that makes you a little bit unique. And it doesn't mean that you can't still do it. People always ask me like, is it too late to start a YouTube channel? Is it too late to do this? I'm like, no, it's never too late. Like people are popping up all the time. Like just pop up and get super famous because they have some unique character characteristic about their content. So definitely don't think it's too late, but at the same time, like if you want to do this, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. That's a big thing. And make sure that you are in it for the long haul and make sure that you are doing it because you want to be creative and you're doing it because make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, I guess, because if you're just doing it because you want to like get paid to post shit, then it's probably not going to probably not going to happen for you. I'm just saying everyone wants to get paid to post shit. So yeah, that's my little rant on that. I need to take off my sweater. ranted a little bit. Um, I'll talk about some of the pros and cons of this line of work. I thought this was kind of funny. So pros, free stuff, free stuff and free stuff. That is, (laughs) that's it. That's all the pros. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking kidding. But yeah, getting free shit is really awesome. I will never get tired of getting free stuff. It's literally insane. I'm so grateful and it's just the best thing ever. (laughs) It really is because I can like my friends and family come over to my house and shop shop at my house for like if they need a new mascara, if they need a new shampoo, if they need blush, this or that, like I have a whole closet. I can just supply my whole my whole family and friends with free stuff, which is really amazing. It's really cool like as you grow as a creator, you can kind of like you can start working with the brands that you use normally like brands that I would normally be spending money to buy myself like I can start to work with them and not have to buy it which is honestly really fucking nice like not gonna lie that being said though there's always a new hot next thing and I'm always very into trying it out so I'm still definitely spending money to try new stuff and I always like to like provide new recommendations for you guys so I'm still buying stuff but it's it's nice getting free stuff next pro it's easy work I said that in in quotes it's easy work there's no manual labor or like you don't have to stand on your feet for eight to ten hours um you don't have to scrub the toilets or mop the floors I'm saying this because that was my old job and it's into it's tiring but it does revolve around usually sitting on a computer or on your phone for hours and hours and hours and hours every single day which can kind of be a con because I don't know about you guys but after I edit or I'm on the computer all day, my brain is freaking mush. I feel like my brain just got melted down and stomped on. <laughs> so that that's kind of a con because I don't want to just be sitting around all day. So I think you have to make sure that you're still getting up and active and having good posture. And I need to get some blue light glasses, actually. Sage has some and I definitely think I should get some. But back to what I said, like being easy work. I think in the grand scheme of things, like this is definitely on the easy side of work. Like there's so many jobs that are literally so hard on your body, so hard on your mental state, so hard on everything. Like I think in the grand scheme of things, influencer work is pretty easy. There's work involved. Like there's no, people will talk a lot of shit, but there's work involved. And especially like the big bloggers, the ones that have millions and millions, they are working their ass off, dude. I don't know if you see how much content they're doing, how many sponsored shit. Like they are, their lives are scheduled out for like years. Like they are fucking busy. They're traveling all over they are away from their kids all the time. They're like 
it's a it's busy. It's a busy, hectic work life. So I definitely do think there is a lot of work involved and it's not like something that just happens with no work put into it. Like it still takes still takes work. And in my case, it just involves a lot of editing and a lot of time on the computer, which sometimes is, you know, hard on the body staring at the computer all day. But anyway, um, next pro, there's no schooling required. There's no like prereqs or courses or anything you have to do in order to be an influencer. Like anyone in quotes can do it. I don't actually believe that anyone can do it. Maybe that sounds mean, but I I don't think that's true. Like, I mean, people will say that, like, I can never do, I can never do what you do. Like, not everyone wants to share their, like, life in detail on the internet. Not everyone wants to be taking photos of themselves all the time. Not everyone wants to, like, get criticism from people all the time. So not everyone, like, can, like, make it. That sounds really rude, but I, I, I don't know. Like, you have to have, like I said, you have to have a little something, a little something that catches the eye of other people. So whatever that is, not everyone can do it. But if you really want to and you're passionate and you're creative, like, yeah, you can fucking do it. If you want to do it. I really did not mean to offend anyone by saying like, not everyone can do it. But I don't know, like my dad, my dad probably couldn't be an influencer. He can't really even take a photo that's not blurry. So you know what I mean? Although I wouldn't like him to make an Instagram account. That would be pretty funny. This is a side note, but he sent me a slow motion video of him boiling his chai on the stove with no context. He just said chai. (laughs) So that's some pretty fucking good content, actually. Maybe he could be an influencer. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Don't listen to me too closely, guys. Don't, don't get, if I ever say anything that offends you, like, please know I'm never trying to. And I'm literally talking out of my ass here most of the time. I just kind of black out and blab for an hour. So I'm never trying to insult anyone. Another pro is, for me, is the amazing connection with your followers, your subscribers. I love it so much. It's literally the most special thing ever. Whenever I get to meet a subscriber or follower in person, it's like so cool. It's honestly the best. It makes you so happy. Like everyone is always so cute and so sweet and like has the cutest little outfits and they're always so kind and genuine. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is honestly so cool that I've gathered like all these fucking cool ass people from across the country or whatever. Like I have this community. I just think it's really cool. Um, my hairdresser, uh, was talking about that because she said like, I've never worked with an influencer before you. Cause she does my hair for free, which is so nice guys. Like I said, free stuff. It's so nice. My hair was normally like 400 bucks. So it's literally so nice. Um, but in return, I've gotten her a lot, a lot, a lot of clients. Like I've gotten her a lot of clients and she, said like I've never worked with an influencer before because I just wanted to make sure it was a good fit like you have to and she was telling me this and I didn't really think about this from her perspective like you have to be really careful as like a hairdresser or an esthetician or like some like hands-on service you have to be careful when you choose an influencer because you want to make sure that you're attracting the right type of clients because she said like she's heard stories of people work with influencers and their clients are all like kind of rude and like snippy and high maintenance and she's like I didn't want that like I just wanted some really like chill genuine sweet girls and she said like all of the the girls that have come in from me like recommending the salon have been like really really sweet and kind and genuine and just like lovely girls and that makes me so happy like that is the the dream I'm just honestly so freaking happy like everyone I've ever met or talked to that's a subscriber is so nice okay ran over but yeah that is definitely one of the big pros I love you guys very much and you're all very you're all very special to me so I hope you know that another pro is it's a creative field which is really wonderful I love taking photos I love being creative in that way 
it's just really nice. And I'm really happy that I get to do something that's different every time that I do it. You know, like every day is different. Every, every like sponsored thing I have to do is different. It's all different. It's always changing, which is really nice. And then my last pro can make really good friends over the internet, which is really, really fun. I've made some amazing friends, amazing connections because of Instagram. Like I have friends in all different states um, that I'm just, they're, they're my internet friends. And I think that's really, really cool. Cons, not getting paid on time. That is a freaking con. Um, it doesn't happen anymore because now I have a manager. Actually, I should probably talk about that briefly just so you guys aren't confused. <laughs> I recently signed with a management team. They're called Table Rock Management. I signed with them like, I don't know, like a month or so ago. It's just already so nice. It's so nice because they kind of do all the stuff that I was not good at and I didn't really want to do. Like they negotiate with the brands for me. They, they talk to the brand and then... I don't hear anything until they like, they come straight to me and say, Hey Rohini, this brand wants to work with you for this much money and they want this type of content and to do on this day. So it's all like bundled together. And then I could just either say yes or no. Like I don't have to go back and forth with the brand and ask for a higher rate, or I don't have to go back and forth and say like, blah, blah, blah. It's just really nice. And then they also, they're a whole team. So they get me paid way, way, way faster. They have like in-house lawyers. They read over the contracts and make sure everything's legit. So that is amazing. I got paid the fastest I have ever been paid for a sponsored gig because of them. So that is fucking lit. But that was a big con, honestly, when you're advocating for yourself and negotiating with brands. For yourself, I signed so many things I should not have signed. I got fucked over a lot of times. I definitely was getting paid less than I should have. I got paid so late so late, like so freaking late, eight months late, a year late. I don't even know. It's insane. And a lot of these, a lot of these uh, contracts with brands are net 90. They want to try to pull the net 90 on me. Like, hello. That means once the content's done and I submit it, I have to send them an invoice. And then 90 days after I send the invoice, I will, the payment will be processed three months after. Like that's really crazy, especially when like when you're an influencer, you have to pull income from so many different arenas. So it can be really stressful because sometimes it's like, shit, I'm not going to get paid for all these things I just did for months and months and months. So I have to come up with money for this month's rent or something. Like it's just wild. Oh my God. And one of the ones I did is net 120. Why did I do that? I don't freaking know. Oh, so terrible. Anyway, <laughs> not getting paid on time. And like that whole money situation is kind of a bummer. I've heard that that's the same in the freelance world. Sometimes it's really hard to get paid, which is actually really shitty because oftentimes brands are taking advantage of you knowing that you're just one person. And yeah, anywho, la-di-da. Next con is having to place a monetary value on your work is really hard. Um, there's so many variables and it's something I still struggle with. Like a brand is willing to offer you one thing. It's weird because I'm like, well, if I say no, then I just won't get the money. And like, I could just do it because maybe like, for instance, I would post about this product anyway. It's not that hard. I always think that I'm like, it's not that much work. Like I should just do it. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, like don't undervalue yourself. Like stick up for yourself. Make sure you're getting like what you deserve. Like, you know that they're lowballing you. But just this whole thing. Like it's really hard to know how much to charge. It's really hard to know when to negotiate, if you should go up higher or lower. Like, it's just, it's hard. It really is. And every brand has a different idea of what your rate should be. And let me tell you, let me just give an example. A brand will come to me and say, I want a sponsored YouTube video in feed posts on Instagram and three stories for $400 or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then 
a brand will come to me and say, hey, we just want to do a YouTube video for 4,000. Is that okay? And I'm like, yes, it's fucking okay. So it's like literally brands will think, brands are just crazy, bro. Like 400 for something that someone else would pay me like 4,000. It's just nuts. It's nuts. And sometimes I go back and I'm like, that is extremely, extremely below my rate. And they're like, well, I don't agree or something. I don't know. It's just so weird. So I'm really happy I don't have to deal with that anymore. The last con is the pressure to look perfect all the time. I definitely don't think I feel this as much as some other influencers. The pressure for me is solely around my skin and it's it's on YouTube and Instagram, but mostly YouTube. Like I mentioned in my last video, like I want to be vlogging all the time, but when my skin's bad and I'm not wearing makeup, I'm just not, I'm not comfortable with it. Like, even though I know you guys don't care, like I literally talked about it and you commented, I, we don't care. Like, we don't care. Show your skin. Like, we love you being vulnerable. I just can't, I can't do it. Cause when I'm editing, I'm literally grimacing, like look at myself in bare face. I'm like grimacing, like Jesus, like, ugh, put that away. Like it's so, I don't know why I'm so hard on myself for that. So that's the, that's the arena where I feel like I have to put pressure on myself to be perfect. Even though like realistically, I know I don't have to be otherwise, I don't know. I'm not that with my Instagram, I'm pretty chill compared to a lot of people, I feel like. Like, I'll just take a bunch of pictures and post them all at once, like, randomly. Or I won't really think about the caption. I'll just say random shit or I'll just post in the moment. Like, I'm not super, super, super planned out, which I know a lot of people are. Definitely in regards to my skin, I feel the pressure for sure. Especially as, like, a skincare influencer. Like, I feel like I need to, you know, have that shit dialed in. But we've, we've heard me talk all about that in the first episode of this podcast. So I don't need to talk about it for one more second. So those are my pros and cons. And then just quickly, I wanted to talk about spilling a bit of tea, just to drop a tea. Um, some things that bother me about influencers or just influencer world in general. Keep in mind that my only experience with this was from when I lived in New York. And I know the New York scene is a lot different than LA and a lot different from other places. So just keep that in mind. Like that was just my experience. I've I have friends who are in the LA scene and it looks honestly really lovely. Like they're all BFFs sitting outside like in a field eating like fresh fruit with the brand. I don't know. Sounds amazing. Would love that. <laughs> and another thing I should say is my bad experiences were all at fashion events. I don't think I've had any any bad experiences at a beauty event because beauty events are always fucking cool because there's a big range of people there. Like there isn't a stereotype cookie cutter type for a beauty influencer. And I mean, I know you can argue that there isn't for fashion too, but generally if you're like a, a really popular big fashion influencer, it means you're decked head to toe in designer. Like if you really think about it, the really big bloggers are decked out head to toe, which means they're really rich. Um, oftentimes they are quite skinny and like really fucking hot. Again, someone might be mad at me saying this, but that's just what I've observed. So it's like really, it's just a really different environment. Like the beauty influencers are all really nice, really down to earth, really chill, often really creative. Like they each have their own unique way of doing content and they're just really nice. Like I've made amazing, amazing friends from beauty events. So all my bad experiences have been at fashion events, um, in New York. So again, those are all my disclaimers. Don't yell at me. Things that bother me. Um, people think they're really fucking cool. People think they're so cool. Again, at fashion events, at some events, it's just a room full of people like pretending they're cool and hot shit. But when in reality, everyone feels really weird and kind of awkward. Um, something I learned real fast is to make sure you go to an event with a friend. It's like so key because my first events I was going to by myself. Oh my God. I wanted to freaking like camouflage, like a 
freaking gecko lizard into the wall. It was it's so it's so uncomfortable. And then so you have to sit there like I just remember it so clearly like I have a drink in my hand. You have to have a drink in your hand. Can't you gotta have something in your hand. And I'm just drinking my drink, sitting, like trying to look like I'm not feeling really awkward that I'm sitting by myself or I would like call someone and go outside or whatever. Like when I got into the beauty space, I started making friends really fast and really great friends, like actual genuine connections that I would hang out with outside of these events. It got to be really fun. Going to beauty events got to be really fucking fun. We just would hang out, drink wine, talk, eat little hors d'oeuvres and just do our thing. So that was really honestly lovely and an amazing experience. So my next thing that bothers me, a lot of people aren't genuine. Again, not from what I've experienced, not in the beauty world, but yeah, people just aren't that genuine. Like it's like literally in the Mean Girls movie where she's like I love that skirt where'd you get it or whatever she's like that's the fucking most hideous skirt I've ever seen whatever that scene is I probably didn't say it right but that's like how it is like oh cute cute bag or something my next thing is many influencers aren't the same in real life as online it's definitely true it's not it's not all of them and and at a point when you're marketing yourself as a brand you kind of have to be a certain way like you have to be that brand online so once you get big enough you can't you can't really show your whole life I feel like if especially if you're in fashion like you can't show your whole life so I understand why some people aren't the same online as they are in person like just the the people that I really liked were very genuine and were the same in person as online and I always hope to be the exact same um I've been told that I am I've been told I am which is really good but yeah, if, I, if I'm ever not, just fucking slap me. Someone yell at me, okay? So my last thing is, this is a, this is a rant. I typed this out and I'm cracking up because it's kind of long. Some influencers I've met absolutely do not appreciate their following or their like fans in quotes. They will, they just don't appreciate them. They'll like talk shit about their fans behind their back, but they literally rely on them for their livelihood. Like that's so fucked up. These people trust you. They feel a connection with you. They see you as a friend, an internet friend, and you make them believe that they are, but then behind their backs, you're like super rude or make fun of them or like, it's just, it's just really weird to me. I've seen it a couple times and it irks me so bad because I'm like, if I had your follower account, I would be so appreciative of every single one of those people looking up to you and wanting to be friends with you. Like they feel like they're your friend and that's what you led them to believe. Like you are their friend. Don't be a fucking asshole. It's just crazy. It's crazy. That really pisses me off. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's my last little thing. I'm going to answer some questions from you guys. I asked what your burning questions were about influencer life, like if you needed any advice on certain things about how to grow or just wanted me to spill the tea on some certain things. Okay, so I'm going to answer some of your questions. Um, these are probably going to be pretty juicy, but that's what the whole, that's what the podcast is about. That's what it's for. One question I got a lot was how much do you get paid for sponsored posts? Um, it honestly really depends. It really depends, but typically it's around like 2000 bucks for a, a a post and some stories. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. It, ju- it just depends. And YouTube also is a wide range. It really is. Um, depends what mood I'm in. It depends if I need money. Like at the moment, I'll take lower rates than I really should. I would say it ranges from like 1500 to 4000 for a video inclusion. And it's usually pretty fast. Like a lot of times they just want you to talk about it at the beginning of the video and 
the rest of the video can be like something else. It really, it really depends. And as you grow, obviously your weights can go up. A lot of times what will happen is like a brand will offer you something and then give it a trial. And if it does well, then the next time they'll pay you more. Um, so it really just depends. This is a question I really liked and I got variations of it. Um, do you see yourself doing the same thing in 10 years? I think that's so interesting. Um, 10 years just seems like, I don't know, 10 years seems wild, but I, I honestly do, but I think it's going to be really different. Like I think I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to be a full on mom and I want to like embrace that, but I want to be the cool mom, you know, not like the other moms and the cool mom. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to be the cool mom and I want to like have my YouTube content be about me and my experiences as a mom and then like show the kids here and there and show our life, but not like be a family channel. Like I don't want to be a family channel. Absolutely not. I want it to be my channel and I have kids, you know, does that make sense? Um, I don't want to ever like force my kids to be on camera or make them do funny or weird shit for the camera. I think that's really strange. And I really like how Kristen Johns has kind of like, she has her Kristen made, um, account now. I don't know if you follow her, but she just does a lot more like homemaker type of stuff. Like she does a lot of recipe videos and does a lot of like DIY things and just cute little things that I would definitely like to do more. And like, I love the baby videos. Like what am I packing for my hospital bag? Like six month update, <laughs> like decorating the nursery. I love those fucking videos. I'm so excited to do those. So I definitely hope I'll still be doing this in 10 years, but just in a different, in different form. Okay. I'll just merge these two together. Someone else asked like, if you, if Instagram and YouTube were to shut down, like what would you be doing? I've always wanted to have a little store, <laughs> like a little cafe boutique kind of cute store. I've always wanted to do that. So hopefully I would be able to do that. I don't know. Um, I think if it just shut down, I'd have to like risk it for the biscuit and just put in our savings and try to open a store or something. I don't know. That's scary. Um, otherwise I really like interior design and I, I think if I didn't end up doing, um, influencer stuff, I would have gone and got my interior design degree and I would have done that. It's the only thing I would have ever gone to school for <laughs> again. And I really like it. So I think I would do something with that at, at this exact moment. If it all went to shit. I mean, I would fucking panic, but I probably would help Sage with something. I'm not sure. Help him with his work and try to open like a little cafe or something. I don't really know. Crazy town. That would be so scary. This is another question I got so much. Um, how to become a Glossier rep. I honestly, I don't even think they're accepting reps anymore. So I, I don't want to completely crush everyone's dreams, but I don't think they are. Um, if they are, I just don't know about it, but it's not like it used to be, and they used to just scour the internet, scour the Glossier hashtags and the tag photos and just ask random people that they liked their vibe, but that was like four years ago almost, three years ago, so now it's like Glossier is so famous, so well-known, so successful, so I definitely, I don't think they're accepting reps. If they are, it's just a lot harder, so all I can say is just post really sick photos of Glossier, tag them all the time, do really cool content that they're going to notice and perhaps they will ask you, but I'm not really sure. Another question I got quite a few times was, do you wait for brands to come to you or do you reach out to them? This is definitely a good thing to ask. I feel like this might help a lot of people. So you can do it either way. For me, I did not reach out to brands. I 
basically never have just because I'm like a pussy. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Um, I don't know. I just feel really awkward doing it, which is stupid because literally all of my friends that are in this space reach out to brands all the time and it's totally normal to do that. I rarely, rarely ever do it because I feel kind of awky, but um, totally do it. It's so normal to reach out to brands. Like literally they expect it. They understand. They will usually though... Uh, if you reach out to them, they'll usually ask you for like a media kit, which you can just Google that if you don't know what it is, but it's basically like a roundup of your engagement and your, your content and bio about you. Uh, I've never had a media kit because I'm really weird. Again, I'm not really like a blogger, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm not really a good influencer if you think about it. Like the business side of it, I'm not super good at. <laughs> um, uh, somehow I made it. I don't know. Somehow I made it here. But I'm just lucky that brands have found me and they've reached out to me. But at the same time, I did start a little while ago, I guess you could say. I think now, probably if you're starting out, it's definitely smart to have a media kit ready, make it look super good, super cute, and reach out to brands. It literally, there's no harm in reaching out to brands um, whatsoever, even if you just want free stuff. I also noticed that a lot of times if you have a blog, like a website, and you do an article and you have photos and you're reviewing a product, you will you can get free stuff way easier because brands want the backlinks from your website to go to their site. It helps their SEO basically. I'm pretty sure Sage would probably laugh at me. I probably said that wrong. But blog articles are typically sometimes more valuable to brands than just an Instagram post. So if you do have a blog, you can usually... Uh, get more free stuff or reach out to more brands or if you really are like I'm ready I want to work with brands and reach out to as many as you can um, reach reach out find the good PR contact especially if you have friends that are also doing it you can share contacts with each other I know a lot of people do that and yeah reach out there's no harm in doing it I'm just weird I literally am very weird but at this point like I just kind of let brands come to me unless there's one that I'm dying to work with then now at this point I tell my management like hey I really want to work with this brand and then they usually already have a contact and then they'll kind of orchestrate it which is pretty lit. Okay, the next question I got so many times and I talked about it a little bit, but I think I should probably cover it more. It's just kind of saying, how did you become an influencer? How did you start gaining an audience? And I actually went on Social Blade, which if you don't know what that is, it's just a website that like basically gives everyone on the internet a grade <laughs> and tracks like their engagement and their growth rate and everything. Um, sometimes brands will use that to make sure you're legit and not buying followers. But I wanted to go back and see if I could find when I hit 10K. Um, and so I hit 10K end of December in 2017. And now I'm at almost 50K, less than three years later. So that's pretty good, I guess. I don't know. People grow so fast. It's hard to like, it's just all relative, whatever. But yeah, I actually think that's really interesting because I didn't remember when I hit 10K. And I definitely feel once you hit 10K... It's like 10K on Instagram is 100K on YouTube because on YouTube, if you hit 100K, just in my eyes, that means you're like legit, like you're actually a YouTuber. It sounds shitty to say, but I think that's true. That's kind of what I see other people and like what brands see. Like once you hit 100K, you're a fucking YouTuber. Like I feel like once I hit 100K, which is soon, I can say like, oh, I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> Instead of I'm, an, I'm a content creator, I could be like, I'm a YouTuber. But um. Yeah, once you hit 10K on Instagram, like, you're, like, legit. You get the swipe up. People are like, oh, they have 10K. I'll follow them. Like, once you get in those 10K, 40K, 50K, whatever, like, people are way more likely to follow you because it just doesn't seem like... 
it's also like a personal thing, you know, if that makes sense. Like the more people you have, the more people want to follow you. I know that's obvious, but so yeah, it's a climb. Yep. <laughs> okay. So back to the question, Rohini. Um, how do you get started? I just think my advice, besides what I said earlier about finding that one thing that like is your thing or that you can focus on is just post all the time, post every day, do stories constantly because like even for me, for me, if I don't do stories all day throughout the day, my views go way, way down. You have to be posting all the time. Post every day on Instagram, post every day on your stories. Uh, especially when you're starting out, interact with everyone on your, on your feed, like all your Instagram friends, make sure you're commenting and hyping them all up. Find people that have similar feeds to you or similar styles of content, make friends with them, befriend them, comment on their stuff, hype them up, then they'll come over and comment on your stuff, hype you up. And then lots of people will do like, they'll share profiles that inspire them. So you can share your friend's profiles and then they'll probably share yours. And you just got to be super interactive. Like make sure you're, you're interacting as much as you can with people all over Instagram and, um, just post every day and have fun with it and don't overthink it and just be relatable and real and have fun. (laughs) I'm remembering something as I'm reading other questions. When I was starting out, I bought so much skincare and so much makeup. I know this is like maybe not helpful, but that's often what people do to get started. You have to invest a lot of money to create content. Like if you're a fashion person, you have to buy a bunch of sick outfits, shoot all the time. And then oftentimes people will return the outfits after they shoot with them, which is, I don't know if that's whatever, but you can buy it, resell it, whatever it may be. You need to be like, if once you're starting out, always be trying new stuff out, I guess is the way to say it. Like I was buying so much skincare. I was trying to review it all the time. I was testing things out all the time, trying new makeup, like doing a million flat lays, like just trying so much stuff out. And I, oh, 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 another thing. Good thing I'm remembering this. This is way more helpful than what I said before. Um, at the beginning, I also accepted free, like I accepted free stuff in exchange for posts a lot at the beginning and that it, it may not seem like super rewarding, but it's definitely the way to start just at least to build those relationships with brands too. Like, yeah, I'll accept this skincare set in, in exchange for an in-feed post and some stories or like whatever it may be. Um, it's definitely worth it just to build a relationship with the brands and just for other brands to see and know that you're working with brands. <laughs> so yeah, don't be... Don't be too big, I guess, to say yes to free stuff in exchange for posts. I still do that sometimes when I, if it's something really cute and I'm like, ah, I would buy this anyway. Like, yeah, I'll I'll have it for free (laughs) and I'll post about it. But when reality, like my posts should, I should always technically charge because I'm probably going to sell the product to at least one or two other people. Um, but sometimes I still will accept it just cause I like what it is and I, or I like the brand or whatever. And a lot of times once you get start, like people start gifting you stuff, there's no obligation to post. They just say, Hey, like, I want to send you this if you like it, like post, but like no worries. And that's the best thing because for me, I'm just very grateful that they sent me it. And so I will often post about it anyway. But when brands now are like, Hey, like, uh, Hey love, we'll send you this in exchange for one post, one YouTube video. I'm like, unless it's someone that I'm like, it's really expensive and I'm dying to buy it. But anywho, um, don't be scared to just say yes to doing free content in exchange for free stuff at the beginning. Okay. Sorry. I realize this is kind of all over the place, but as I'm reading more questions, I'm thinking of more things. Um, 
So someone said, how do you start relationships with brands? What's the etiquette for approaching them? Which I kind of already talked about this, but I liked how they said the etiquette because I do think there is like my friend Sorel, for instance, is like the queen of brand outreach. She's so good at it. So good at it. So like you definitely have to have a media kit. I guess one way is to DM the brand and ask like, hey, do you have a PR or media contact that I can email or reach out to? And then they'll usually answer or if you can find it, if it's a smaller brand, they usually have it on their website. Um, but yeah, if you can DM them or email them saying like, hey, is there a good email to reach out to about like a media or a PR contact? And then you can email them, like obviously be super nice. My name is blah, blah, blah. I have this blog or this Instagram or this YouTube. Um, I'm a big fan of your products and I would love to get the chance to review them and tell my followers about my experience like here's my media kit I have this many followers or this much engagement or another way if you if you have a smaller following but you know that you're selling products like if you bought just a random example if you bought the way leave-in conditioner and you are telling people about it you maybe have like 3,000 followers or something and you got some sales from it like you know some of your friends bought it or some people bought it because you're recommending it then like have some way to prove that to a brand, you know, like, hey, I sold this product, like I got some people to buy it. So yeah, it's just proving that you actually have influence. That's like what most brands care about. Um, But again, like I said, a lot of people will go the route of just having like literally the most stunning, beautiful imagery that brands will just want to hire you because they want that content for their website. Next question, do you receive much negativity and how do you deal with it? Uh, P.S. Love, love, love this podcast. YouTube, YouTube is a brutal place, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. If you do not have, like, somewhat of a thick skin, I would definitely uh, get one before you start YouTube because there's no account behind the accounts. Like, it's just a little icon with a random name and usually there's no photo. Like, there's no identity behind the accounts usually, so people just say whatever they want with no filter, no consideration for the actual person that they're saying it about. Like, it's insane the comments I've gotten. I'm like, there's no filter. And most of them crack me up because they're literally so mean that I'm like, you're such a dick. Like, you didn't even like, this isn't even a super tailored comment to me. Like, you're just being mean for no reason. What was it? I remember one of my first like favorite mean comments. I thought it was hilarious. was on one of my, I think it was my skincare routine like from a long time ago. The comment was like, it was just like, you're not cute, LOL. Or like, oh, you think you're cute, but you're not. I don't know, something just funny. And I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) fuck, all right, sorry. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I get a lot of shit. I get a lot of shit on everything. And now it's gotten to the point where it's like a lot deeper. (laughs) They they hurt me a lot more because, well, okay, wait, wait. (laughs) And in a way, like all the stupid ones don't affect me at all. Like I think they're funny, but a lot of the things I get now are like, followers or people that have been watching me for like a little while or like they they uh, have this certain image of me in their mind and I'll do something that goes against that image that they have of me in their mind and then I really disappoint them as a person and so they fucking wreck me in the comments and say like I'm so disappointed in your choices I cannot believe this like unsubscribed I'm so disappointed in you and I'm like holy shit like it's like when your parents I remember when I got grounded like, my dad was like, I'm disappointed in you, Rohini. Like, that's 10 times worse than someone saying they're mad at you, saying they're disappointed in you. Ugh. So, yeah, those ones, like, definitely, like, upset me a little bit. And I'll have to, like, really think about it. I just think it's important to know, like, I will always accept constructive criticism. I say this in my videos all the time. There's a nice way to give constructive criticism. And 
no one is fucking perfect. No one is perfect. And my friend Courtney was ranting about this on Instagram the other day because she got shit for buying cherries at the store that came in a plastic bag. Someone gave her this huge long message yelling at her for buying cherries and saying she's setting a bad example. And it's like, come on. Like, I understand that the plastic, it's not good, but like she said, like there was no other option. People like because of COVID, you're not allowed to have like bulk vegetables and fruits lying around for you to just scoop up. Like things are way more packaged now. And anyway, she was on a road trip and they pulled over and bought cherries. Like you, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous to yell at someone for that. She bought cherries, guys. Like, can you imagine being yelled at for buying cherries? It's just sometimes it gets so ridiculous that it's just like, fuck me, all right. I won't post things because I don't want to be yelled at. And I know, like, I know what comment or criticism I'm going to get. I don't know. Like, you can't be, uh, you can't be everyone's complete cup of tea, if that makes sense. Like, no one is perfect. And it's extremely hard and honestly annoying to have to portray yourself to be so perfect online because the people that do that are not showing you their full personality. They're only showing you the little teeniest section that's perfect. So for me personally, I would rather just show a lot more, show the shit that I'm going to get criticism for, show the shit that is not, I can't always be perfect, you know? And like what Courtney said in her Instagram story, she was like, especially with sustainability, it's not about one person being 100% perfect all the time. It's about a bunch of people trying their best. And I really do believe that because I hope that all of you guys who really watch my content and know me like know that I'm always trying my best. I'm trying my best to be a good person. I'm trying my best to do my part where I can and no one's perfect. And I can, I can almost guarantee that people who are giving me shit or giving someone else shit, if the lens was reflected back at them, there would be quite a few things that someone else would call them out for. So it's like, whatever. At the end of the day, you kind of just have to let it roll off your back. But Also, I think cancel culture is fucking stupid. I mean, we're not going to go in that rant, but I think it's dumb. I just would never, like, that's not how I waste my breath. That's not how I spend my time. I don't get involved in other people's business. I don't waste my energy on other people's shit. I have never done that in my whole life, and I'm not, like, (laughs) I would never. I never, 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 never. So, that's just something that I encourage you guys. I'm sure since you guys are all sweet cutie pies, you never, like, leave hate on people's shit, but it's, like, is this really worth worth wasting your energy? Is this really worth making this person feel bad because they're not a perfect human? Like, yeah, okay, some things are fucking deplorable and are not okay. But most things, like little things, you don't need to nitpick and get down on someone about because they're a human and they're trying. And as long as you know in your heart that they're a good person or whatever and they're trying, then that's all that matters. So that was a really long rant. But it's just like... I can't, the cherries thing, I was like, oh my god, I've gotten yelled at for so many little things like that, and it's just, at one point, you're just like, what more do you want from me, people, like, what more do you want from me, I can't give everything, like, I can't be perfect, you know, so I would definitely encourage you to uh, grow a thick skin if you're going to be on YouTube, because people are ruthless, Um, oh, sorry, (laughs) this is a long episode already, one other story or thing related to that, the worst I felt from comments was from the skin deep interview thing that Sage and I did uh, a year ago about getting married young. I think a lot of you guys have seen it. I get questions about it sometimes, but we filmed for an hour. 
we had an hour of footage of us talking and they cut it down to seven minutes. And when she posted, I literally emailed her like, hey, when are the other parts coming out? Because the way that it was cut definitely shed a very, like, not a good light on Sage and I. I mean, it wasn't a bad light, but people just destroyed us in the comments. And I remember when it first came out, I was I was upset because it's like, it's one thing for someone to say like, you, you're ugly, I hate your outfit. And it's another thing for someone to say like, he doesn't love you and your marriage is going to fall apart. Like, holy fuck. It was just so many comments saying like, he doesn't actually love you. Like, you're going to get a divorce. I give them a year. Like all these terrible comments that are so ridiculous because none of these people fucking know anything about us. Anything. They know nothing. They saw seven minutes out of an hour of footage and the people who edited it made us look a lot different than like, there were so many better clips they could have used. So many better things and a lot of the footage that they use was right at the beginning of when we started filming and Sage isn't on camera that much he's never done something like that before with big bright lights three people filming microphones like it's kind of intense and he was nervous and I was a little nervous but I turn into like a sweet baby little shy cherub when I'm nervous and he just turns really like quiet and he doesn't talk that much. So people just wrecked us and it was really annoying. So it's like the perfect example of you can't judge a book by its cover. Like you only get a glimpse of someone's personality or someone's life from a little video. So those comments were definitely super upsetting, but I also had a lot of my own subscribers saying like, this is not a good portrayal of them. Like go watch this video of theirs, go watch their wedding video or go watch this video. Like that's how they really are. Like they're super in love and happy or whatever, which made me happy, but it's just wild. It's just wild. The amount of comments, it's insane. Like saying Sage doesn't love me. I'm like, fuck off, Karen. You literally know nothing. You know nothing. Okay. Another juicy question. Um, a bunch of people ask me like annual income or how much I make a month. Um, I make six figures. Um, and it's not just from one thing. It's from a bunch of things, a bunch, a bunch of things. My, affiliate income is a big chunk of that and it used to just be mostly from affiliates is the only way I was making like good money but now I'm getting steady brand deals um the rates are starting to go up and uh so yeah I make six figures I don't think I need to tell you exactly how much but yeah it changes a lot this is a good one how many dms do you slash others get daily I worry it's overwhelming so I never dm people that's actually so sweet and cute that you would even think of that but I get so many. Oh my God. Especially. Okay. So I don't know if you know how Instagram, like once you, ha I don't know when this happens actually, but like I have all my requested DMs and then I have a general and a primary category in my messages. And so primary is for like, I don't know, friends or brands or whoever I talk to regularly. General is just for like general. I usually put you guys in there because it gets really confusing and I will often lose your messages if they are in primary because then they go down when I'm talking to my friends or brands or whatever. I probably get like, I mean, depends on the day, depends on what I'm doing, but some days I get like 400 messages a day. And, and okay, and also I should say once I accept someone's message request, it goes into general and I always, always answer everyone in general. So once I move someone in there, I make sure that I'm constantly talking to them. So I'm literally talking to people all the time, every day, usually like they'll reply to my story. I'll reply back. They'll ask me something. I'll answer their question. So once you're like moved into general, I'm talking to you all the time. So I know this sounds weird, but like I, I sometimes get, I do get overwhelmed because once I move people into general, I don't ever want to like disappoint them by not 
answering because they can see that I read it and I don't want to make them feel sad. So I always, always answer. And so usually like at the end of the day or what I read a certain time when I have downtime, I'll go through and sit down and answer all my DMs and it'll take like quite a while. (laughs) And I try to, you know, always accept new messages and answer things, especially if it's a straightforward question. I'll usually always answer it like, where'd you get this? Or what's this? Like something super straightforward. I'll always answer it. Um, But yeah, I get a lot of DMs. (laughs) I do get a lot of DMs, which is great. I love that you guys want to message me, but if I'm being honest, if I answered all of them all the time, I would be on my phone all the time and I'm already on it too much as it is. So I have to be careful about that. Um, I love talking to you guys. So don't get it twisted. Don't think I don't want to because I really do. I always do. Um, but that's also why I made my Finsta so I can talk to you guys more on there. So Rohi123, if you don't follow me already, I think that is, that is that. Um, as a lot of questions, this is a long episode. Um, so thanks for sticking with it. Thanks for still being here. Uh, this, I, again, all these podcast episodes, I could go on for so much longer because you guys ask so many good questions and I wish I could get to all of them, but I can do another episode about influencer stuff or specifically like advice for like growing influencers. I know it's so cheesy, but like, do you like find what your thing is and just do it all the time. Post all the time, tag brands all the time, make friends, comment on their comment on their profiles all the time, like reach out to brands. Yeah, just stick with it. Be patient. Takes time. I like often think I wish I had grown faster. Like I wish that I could grow faster. I just want to be at 100k. I want to be at 200k. Like I look at other people's profiles and I'm like, damn, like they grow so fast. Like how'd they do that? But there's no point in comparing because there's enough to go around, you know? There's enough sponsored stuff and brands and clothes and followers and all of that to go around. So you have to just remember that and remember that you're the only you. This is a theme in all my podcasts. I'm always telling you, you're the only you out there. So just remember how special you are and um, what you can bring to the table. It's special. It's unique to you. So with that, I shall leave you. My voice really hurts from talking for so long. sign off I'm going to read a few reviews and ratings um they make me so happy I'm so so grateful if you leave me a review and a rating it means the world to me so I will read a few that made me super happy made me smile really big this one said so much fun from re8 I literally binged all of these at once. I don't listen to podcasts too often, but I'm definitely hooked on these. You've given me so many helpful tips and I really appreciate how open you are. Definitely one of the best things to come out of quarantine. Smiley face. So nice. (laughs) Thank you. This one's called Queen of Podcasts from Explorare Vita. (laughs) She said, or he said, Rohini has such a soothing voice and adds just enough comedy to every episode that it makes me laugh while I'm alone. She is very down to earth as she opens up to share her experiences and point of view. I'm always excited to listen to the next episode. So nice. So nice. Thank you. There's a bunch. There's so many nice ones and a lot of them say like, I'm not a podcast girl or I've never listened to podcasts and I love this one. So that makes me really happy because I think it's kind of hard to keep someone's attention for like an hour. So I'm very grateful that I can keep your attention and you guys like it. I'm trying to figure out what the best thing to do is, but I want to do a giveaway where like if you leave me a rating and review, then you're entered into the chance to like win something. (laughs) I don't know because it definitely helps me a lot. Leaving me ratings and reviews helps me so much. Like it's like an instant 
like boost. Like if you have enough ratings and reviews, you get recommended for other people to listen and like you have the chance to be on like a discover page. So leaving me a review really, really helps. And I appreciate it so, so much. You guys are literally the sweetest little chickens ever. I'm going to sign off because my voice hurts, but I hope this was helpful. And please let me know if you want me to do another one, like going more in depth on how to grow specifically. Um, cause that could be a whole podcast in itself. So love you guys so, so much. Hope you're hanging in there. Hope you're having a great Wednesday so far and I can make it maybe a smidgen, just a little smidgen better. I already went over again, so I will save the book recommendations, uh, maybe for another time. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Acting My Age with me, Rohini Elise. 